This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the MLB Extras Minnesota Twins podcast. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, joined for the last time by Rhett Bollinger. Rhett is moving on to cover the Angels for MLB.com. He's going back home to his California roots. And we thought it'd be fun to kind of talk with Rhett about his time covering the Twins. We'll talk a little bit about the offseason and, and what's going on there right now in Minnesota. But Rhett, uh, first and foremost, and you just pointed this out to me before we started recording, your tenure began in 2011, runs through 2018. You covered the entirety of the Joe Maurer extension. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is funny to think of it that way. That, you know, Joe Maurer's, I started that uh, that spring training in 2011. He'd already signed that contract uh, before I got there. But yeah, in a sense, uh, pretty amazing in terms of those years, looking at it, all, all eight seasons of that contract. Obviously, in Minnesota, it's kind of a, a mixed thing. Some fans are obviously thrilled that uh, he saved his whole career there. Things happened out of his control, like the concussion. Some fans hold it against him. But uh, either way, you know, it was an interesting time in Twins history. Uh, not a lot of winning seasons, to be honest. But, uh, you know, two two years ago was a lot of fun. And uh, seeing him get to the wild card game. And obviously, Joe's big retirement uh, last game of the year was uh, amazing this past season. So that was a fun thing to be part of. And, you know, it was fun to be there for Garden Hire and Molitor, both good guys as managers. So, yeah, it was an interesting eight years, but I definitely loved uh, my time covering the Twins. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, you know, I'm on the verge of blaming this on you, Rhett, where uh, they had just uh, won the division crown in 2010 and then you come along and they lose 99 games. But I'm, I'm thinking there might have been other factors other than you, you taking over the beat. So I won't put that one on you, buddy. But um, what was it like for you uh, coming to Minnesota? What did you learn about the Twins organization and the city of Minneapolis and, and St. Paul? What did you learn? But it is funny, like you said, when I first took that job in 2011, I'm thinking Twins had won, you know, six of the nine uh, division titles in AL Central. They're, you know, we're a, kind of the model organization for a small market team. I thought, wow, I'm going to really cover a consistent winner here at a brand new ballpark that opened up the year before. Uh, like I said, it didn't really exactly happen that way. Um, it was just a tough kind of a, a time for this team. I think I learned how important it is to have, you know, strong drafts. This team is this organization under Terry Ryan originally was was so reliant on kind of producing that young talent, you know, that, that, that in the 2000s, it was such a good job of developing guys, whether that was that first wave with Torrey Hunter and uh, Minkiewicz and, and those kind of guys and and Corey Kosky and, and some of those, you know, early on. But then, of course, there's Joe Maurer and Justin Morneau and the way they got Johan Santana. Uh, you know, they were it was all about kind of building from within and from, uh, you know, young core. And I think that was kind of the thing. They didn't really weren't really able to do that uh, the years even kind of leading up to when I got there. So um, but two different kind of, uh, you know, I guess strategies, I guess you could say in terms of the front offices that I covered. Uh, Terry Ryan is a little bit more old school. Uh, and obviously they made the change uh, two years ago to go Derek Falvey and Dad Levine. And they've done a good job of kind of building out the analytics, uh, being a little bit more. I guess you could say into the you know advanced statistics and building databases and and, and a lot more kind of collaboration across the board, um, a kind of a younger front office in general. Um, but the big thing about it, though, I think was both front offices 
really, you know, treat people really well, especially that first regime under Terry Ryan. It was almost like a family. Um, so I give a lot of credit to the Polite family for kind of putting in that kind of atmosphere at the ballpark. I think Dave St. Peter is a big part of that as well. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was, you know, I absolutely loved uh, covering the Twins. They were always so good to me. Like I said, it wasn't as many, very, many winning, very many winning years, but uh, and Minneapolis is a great town too. You know, I've, I've lived downtown Minneapolis uh, since I took the job and loved the fact that I was able to walk to work and the ballpark's beautiful and made a lot of friends here. And, and obviously the weather is one thing. It's certainly different than LA and I'm, I'm excited about uh, no more of that to a certain degree, but you know, <laughs> it came with the territory. I knew it took the job that the winter, the winters were going to be rough here and try my best to kind of embrace them as best as I could as a Californian. So um, I won't, I won't really miss them, but at the same time, you know, I don't like complaining about them either. So uh, I've learned that Minnesotans don't like complaining about the, the winter at all. So that is what it is, but I definitely love my time. And yeah, so the organization was always uh, great to cover throughout the years. And you're handing off the beat to Doe Young Park, who is a Minnesota native. And uh, you've had a lot of extensive experience working with him a few years back, right? Yeah, absolutely. Doe Young Park was uh, my intern or associate reporter in 2016. Did a great job. Uh, he's from here, which is awesome. So he grew up a Twins fan, knows the organization really well. Sometimes I think that really does help sometimes. That was one of the harder things moving here was just kind of learning about the history of the Twins. Took a long time for me to kind of to learn a lot of that stuff. And I think he knows a lot of that already, which is awesome. Uh, really smart kid. Went to Stanford. Uh, you know, did some stuff for us in the Bay Area as well last year. Uh, so he still did some Giants. And I think some A's last year as well. So very well versed in baseball. Uh, really, really smart kid. I'm very excited for him and this opportunity. Yeah, it's really cool for us at MLB.com. You know, we can bring people home. And it's really cool to see both of you guys going home. Uh, that That's really awesome. So, uh, But I can't let you get away with talking a little bit about the present state of the Twins as we head into the winter meetings. Uh Let's talk about the middle infield a little bit. I know you uh, you, you kind of had a list of guys who might make sense for the middle infield. Let's go through that a little bit. Marwin Gonzalez makes sense for the Twins. He makes sense for uh, the Indians. He makes sense for the Mets. I can name every team in baseball, basically, is what I'm saying. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez makes sense for everybody. Why does he make sense for the Twins? Just because he kind of could fill that role that Eduardo Escobar left behind. You know, Escobar's already re-signed with the D-backs. They could play. I mean, Marwin's even more flexible than even uh, – you know, Eduardo was in terms of the fact that he can play a lot more positions. He can play the outfield. Really, if you look at his career, Marlins played every single position on the diamond except for catcher and pitcher. And on top of it, he has power. You know, I think he had 23 homers two years ago. Last year, I think it was only around 17 or so. But uh, a guy that can hit for power and also play that many positions is certainly very valuable. Like you said, every team is going to be interested in him. Um, but I think he kind of could fit this twin team pretty well. He could play some shortstop here and there. He could play some second, move around the diamond, play him at third, and, you know, get Sano at first here and there. So it would be a perfect, uh, you know, kind of fit for this team because it's so nice to have a guy that can play multiple positions. But like you said, he's going to be very, you know, I think just about everybody in the, in the in baseball could use him. So we'll see if they get him. But I know he's going to be a priority for them uh, this offseason. We saw a couple guys uh, non-tendered last week. Jonathan Scope uh, jumps off the page. As a former All-Star, uh, had a really rough 2018, but but he's a guy a team like the Twins could buy low on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Jonathan Scope's a guy that has power, could kind of fill that Brian Dozier role. Um, you know, second baseman, a pretty, you know, solid enough defender. Uh, not the best defender, but solid enough at second. And, um, and yeah, the power is definitely there. Last year wasn't a good year. He's kind of a little bit of a free swinger, but he's only 27. That's a big thing. He could be a good buy low candidate for sure. Um, the Twins, you know, kind of need uh, some power right now. And some, you know, a right-handed bat like that could really help uh, kind of fit that mold. So 
we'll see what happens with that one. I think Scope will also get some interest out there just because he is so young. But definitely a buy low guy. It wouldn't really cost him that much money and certainly would fit within uh, their budget. And a few other names on your list. DJ LeMayhew, Jed Lowry, Josh Harrison, Ian Kinsler, Daniel Descalso. Uh, any of these guys uh, jump off the page for you, Red, as, as maybe a particularly good fit? I think LeMay, who makes the most sense, that's a guy I've actually even heard has been linked to the Twins a little bit. The Twins have showed interest in LeMay, who, um, same thing, this guy's a good defender, a much better defender than the other guys we've talked about. I think LeMay has won three gold gloves, including one just last year, so really good defender. Um, not so much the power guy, but a contact guy, which would be kind of a nice fit, too, as well. A guy that makes a lot of contact, puts the ball in play. You know, I think his career average is right around 300. You know, he won a batting title a couple years ago. Um, and this is a, you know, kind of a lineup that strikes out a lot. You know, you look at Miguel Sano and, and his problem making contact, and even, you know, if Buxton's going to be in this lineup, uh, this is a kind of a strikeout-heavy lineup. So, you know, Tyler Austin at first, even adding Cron. So, I mean, there definitely is a Cron. There are some swing and miss guys. So I think LeMahieu would be kind of a nice counterbalance to that. And I think the defense would certainly be uh, welcome at second base. And since we last spoke, Rhett, the uh, the Twins did non-tender Robbie Grossman, as we thought might be a possibility. They did tender contracts to their 10, that's right, 10 other arbitration-eligible players. Uh, but Grossman, just uh, not a fit at this point as the salary escalates. Yeah, at this point, we talked about a little bit a few weeks ago, but uh, it just didn't really make that much sense for them to keep him at that point. A great on-base guy, um, but the defense has really fallen off. Not a very good defender. Um, they have younger options in the outfield they can go with that are younger and cheaper. Like I said, they claim Michael Reed off waivers. Reed was kind of a similar player in the minors as Grossman, a guy that, you know, uh, can get on base, but a lot speedier and plays a better defense, can actually play some center field. So it wasn't really a surprise, but I do think some team out there looking for somebody who can get on base, uh, you know, I, I think he'll have some interest for sure because he, re- he really is pretty elite at that skill. You know, draws a lot of walks for a guy who doesn't have much power. Um, and getting on bases, you know, a big part of the game. And he can run, too, as long as he's a you know, guy that's slow getting on the bases. Um, so I do think he'll definitely get a, a major league deal somewhere. I just think that with the Twins, uh, just roster-wise, they have a lot of outfielders. It didn't really make sense to keep them. So you will transition over to the Angels at the winter meetings, Rhett. But what are the Twins' goals at these meetings, would you say? I think the biggest thing will just be kind of figuring out their pitching situation and talking with other teams and talking with, you know, agents about pitching. I, I do think they're going to try to get – at least one starting pitcher at some point this offseason. Certainly relief help, relief help, a closer. You'll see a story on the MLB.com on the Twins site uh, this week about potential closer options as well. Um, I think Jury's familiar. is kind of the guy at the top of their list uh, after Fernando Rodney was traded. So um, I think they'll beat with a lot of agents and kind of get their pitching figured out. And I do think, like I wrote about yesterday, I think the middle infield is definitely a, an area of concern. First base isn't as much now. I think first base was going into the offseason, especially with Joe Mauer retiring. But I think now that they, you know, were able to claim and uh, CJ Crone the way they were from the Rays, they're a little bit more set there. But I do think kind of setting the stage, though, you never know. The Twins don't make too many big splashes at the winter meetings. But I do think they'll at least kind of lay that groundwork to kind of acquire some pitching and some middle infield help this offseason. All right, Rhett. Well, congrats on Headed Home. Congrats on the new gig. We look forward to reading your work on the Angels website. I know you'll do the great work there that you did for the Twins uh, the last seven, eight seasons. Um, I also know that you're going to definitely miss doing these podcasts with me every week. So condolences on that part of the deal. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be tough. That's going to be the hardest part, I think. Yeah, I know. I know. You'll get through, though, buddy. Uh, (laughs) So, Rhett, thanks for doing this as always, man. We'll see you up the road. No problem. Always have fun with it.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.